Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The early signing period for football starts on Wednesday. We preview what to expect from Michigan's 2023 class. Plus, we've already got some new Wolverines to discuss thanks to the transfer portal. We also preview the Jumpman Invitational and more on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here uh, Monday morning, December 19th. Uh, I want to start, Zook. Uh, yesterday, I went ice skating for the first time. I don't remember when the last time I went was, so let's just put it that way. Uh, but I took my my five-year-old daughter. She wanted to go. It was rough out there. I mean, she is not good, and I'm not either. So they had these little um, kind of like walkers, you know, yeah. might, you yeah. see, uh, that that we could, could use. Um, I mean, I could get around on my own, but like now supporting someone else, it was just... I don't know. We, I should have called you. We ha- we have another friend who skates that has that came like the last time she went last year, but I didn't go. Um, he's out of town, and I you know I just didn't I didn't think to to call you up in time. It was a last minute thing, but could have used you out there. Did, did you uh, dress up in your knee pads and elbow pads and helmets and stuff? I I the snow pants. I mean, so, I had those, but I never I never hit the ice actually, so I was okay. Um, I, I would have loved to see that. That would have been that would have been good to see. But well, it's it's such a hard thing maybe you know like how do you explain to someone like how to do it it's like you don't pick up your feet like walking you just kind (laughs) of it's like i i was like hold on a sec let me go by myself for a sec and i do it and i'm like what what was i really doing you're just kind of like it's kind of a side to side motion right and yet you go like a stride yeah you're it's yeah yeah. (laughs) like basically when when you learn to skate you they teach you like you're kicking your legs out to the side and then pushing through and this your momentum will look like you're pushing your leg back but it's really you're pushing out to the side it's yes. it's a new process like especially if you haven't done it in a while it's like yeah. trying to ride a bike again you know i wish i had the walkers when i do it because i don't have very good balance and I, I usually i'm good i can like go for a little bit but i usually fall my ass at least once but i'm like i never really learned growing up so i'm not very good at it either yeah you know, man I have no idea how to stop, but I just I just kind of go crashing into the boards and just you know that's like all right here it is. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, man. yeah. No, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's uh, people have a hard time doing that. I think yeah. I mean, you even see like a lot of athletes, like professional athletes, can do a lot of um, impressive things in other sports too. But I think one thing is like if you've never played hockey before, it's not like a top NBA guy can go out there and just light, light up. Uh, a game in right. hockey like it's like you got, you got to be able to skate to be able to do that like you can run in football you can run in basketball but skating is a whole different animal so exactly that that's the thing the hand-eye coordination or any of the other stuff like you need it doesn't it, it's not played on regular yeah. ground so right. that's the problem yeah yeah i always well, joke that i'd be good at hockey if i learned how to skate but i never learned how to skate so i was never good at hockey uh, yeah. you're, i'd line you up so, so <laughs> scott stevens center ice hit lay you out uh anyways we don't we don't have to talk about violent actions against each other on this podcast no, anymore no. maybe so 
Actually, let's, you know, let's actually start the Wolverine confidential portion of the podcast by picking up. We left off uh, a a recent an episode last week was talking about the Michigan football MVP. Well, the program itself gave gave out that honor um, the other day. And it was actually interesting if you're following along live. I wasn't. But um, like on Twitter, they put out before they put out MVP, they put out offensive player of the year. And it's J.J. McCarthy. But then they have offensive skill player of the year, and it's not J.J. McCarthy. It's Ronnie Bell, even though J.J. McCarthy plays the skill position, I'd say. Uh, so it's like, all right, maybe they're just like spreading the love here. It could have it could have got you thinking maybe that that that's where they were going with MVP. But in the end, uh, Blake Corum, they put out toughest player, blue collar award, and the Bo Schembechler most valuable player. So that's, we're not surprised. We're not surprised. No, there's right. always a lot of overlap with this stuff, and yeah. we used to get an invite to these things, so you kind of like, like watch it live because right. it, to say it's the same way it's played out. Like the MVP usually goes like the last award given out, mm-hmm. and you go through all these awards, and it's like okay, 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 and then obviously it all makes sense. But I almost feel like there's too many of these awards. But you know, yeah, it's it, stupid. It, if if you're the MVP, you're also the mo- or offensive player of the year. Like you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just spreading the love. Like it's not. It's not like pee wee football where you're trying to like give everyone a participation trophy. Like uh, you're a college football program. You don't need to like. like everyone knows there's other valuable players on the team. Just give. I don't know. That's my thoughts. Just uh, the whatever. Grinch over here. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think it's like yeah. The thought is it's the best best player that's not the mvp like the best offensive player is not the mvp so but yeah i i definitely it it could have led you to think that maybe they're going in that direction but anyway we've got we've got roster roster news um we've got signing day coming up here on wednesday uh this early period um but but before that we've already got some more new wolverines i'm trying to remember where we left off who were the last players we talked about who's joined since uh you guys tell me yeah, last time we did a podcast was it Friday. They had they had gotten two from the portal. Right. Um, since then, they have added three more. Uh, Michigan was busy over the weekend. Uh, we'll start with Miles Hinton. Um, it was funny. Saturday, I was driving out to uh, planning on going to an event in Livonia with Blake Corum, and on the way there, I see Miles Hinton commits, um, offensive lineman from Stanford, six seven three twenty, the younger brother of Christopher Hinton, former Michigan defensive tackle. Um, two years eligibility left. A uh, bunch of starts. He's he's definitely a plug and play guy. And then Sunday hits, and they had they had two more uh, edge rusher Josiah Stewart from Coastal Carolina, who I mentioned as has having a Michigan offer last week, and he had Michigan down to its uh, his three finalists. He was a freshman All American as a, as a true freshman. So he again another guy with with a lot of experience, uh, very good. Two years eligibility remaining, and then they end the night Sunday with another. Uh, Stanford offensive lineman center Drake Nugent, 6'1, 300. Another guy with two years of eligibility remaining and 24 starts under his belt. So these are guys, these aren't guys that are coming in to, you know, potentially play for a roster spot or like a, a spot in the rotation. These are guys that could literally could walk in and start and probably will next year. So they've been busy, uh, a lot going on. Michigan's clearly tried to, you know, uh, help their recruiting class by adding these these guys with experience and, and re- kind of ready to ready to play yeah i don't know about you guys but this is really shocking to me like michigan being this active in the portal 
Um, I mean, we've heard for years, like how difficult it is for, for Michigan to land anyone that's not a graduate transfer. And a couple of these guys aren't like, so like, I mean, like that Ernest Hausman, the, uh, the linebacker from Nebraska, I mean, he, he's going to be a sophomore next year. So, um, it, uh, Josiah Stewart has only played two years, so he has a couple of years of eligibility left as well. So it's pretty surprising to, to see how well Michigan's been able to, to, uh, how well they kind of mine the transfer portal so far. And I think it does stem from them kind of struggling in the 2023 recruiting class um, as far as the high schoolers. I mean, they're 13 and 0 heading to the college football playoff and they have 20 commitments and they're still only ranked number 20 nationally in the, in the composite rankings. And if you want to look at the average prospect rating, they're ranked outside the 20 so that they don't have any top 100 guys so if you're, I mean, if you look even this year, how many freshmen have made an impact right away, you're probably not going to see that next year with, with these guys. You never really know, but um, with only a, a, a couple guys ranked in the top 300, it seems unlikely. Um, so they, they, they're going to have some holes next year and they're filling them with these guys that have college experience. And like Aaron said, they a lot that a lot of them are plug and play guys, and and they're some of the top transfers in the portal. I think yeah, four of them are in the top fifty transfers. Uh, Hausman was number one until I just last night I looked that he was number one, and then now I see Travis Hunter, the number one overall recruit from last cycle who went to Jackson State, just entered the portal too. Um, so now he dropped to number two, but still pretty impressive lands for uh, for Michigan. And you know, five players and. Five unique mascots. I'm all about that. You know, the only ones in in Division One. They get a they get a Cornhusker, a Sun Devil, uh, two Cardinal Cardinal singular, the color, not the bird, and a Chanticleer, which is a uh, a proud and fierce rooster, according to Coastal Carolina. So, yeah, that that's what I'm about. That's the analysis I bring to these editions. Yeah, with the unique teal color too. I, I actually yeah. kind of like it. So. Uh, Every time I'm with McMahon and some if the, if Coastal Carolina's on, he always has to t- make a comment about it or something. He I know he loves himself some Coastal Carolina. It's interesting too with these like like you mentioned, Ryan, like Jim Harbaugh and the staff have not done very good with the high school players, but they've kind of made up for it in the transfer portal, I think. Because why why try and get a you know a handful of more three borderline four star kids who may or may not work out and may take a couple of years to develop and, and finally see the playing field. When you can get five guys who literally have already played, have shown that they can play, whether it's at the FBS level, not varying degrees and different conferences, but guys that started and, and know what it takes. So these are certainly guys. I think they're going to co- very compete. They're going to compete for starting jobs. Probably get starting jobs. Um, the offensive linemen are different because I, I think we assume. Obviously, Olu's leaving for the NFL. I think we assume uh, Zach or Zach Zinter and Ryan Hayes are leaving for the NFL. Um, so they certainly have needs on the offensive line. And uh, as opposed to maybe developing some of those those guys they've recruited or maybe are waiting their turn, guys that you got guys that can kind of step in and, and fill needs right away. Yeah, I think the key is to to not overdo it though. You don't want to. I mean, some of these programs that you try to do too much, then I mean, you can say what you want about what culture truly means and being part of the team. But I mean, I think it I think it does matter for like long term success. I mean, even even in the pros where, which the college is come, becoming more like as far as like, you can just grab a, a free agent at a position of need. Um, you know, the, the better teams are the ones that, uh, you know, have some homegrown guys, if you will, or just longer term players on the roster. And they, they build around that instead of trying to do it, you know, could work for a year. You saw it with Michigan state, um, you know, last season, but then, 
and you also saw what happened this year, it can it can work against you too. Yeah, the the, the center additions are uh, kind of surprising to me because I know we've heard a lot about Greg Cripp in these these last two years. He was a true freshman last year, um, served as the backup, and, and got a lot of praise from the coaches coaching staff. Um, played in a couple games early this year, and when, when they realized kind of Olu was going to be their guy, they decided to redshirt him this year. But kind of, I thought in the back of their minds, he was going to be the guy moving forward. Um, and you also have Raheem Anderson and uh, another. Both guys were top 300 recruits in that 2021 class. They'll be heading into year three um, next year, and I'm thinking, all right, the center job will probably go to one of those guys. And then now you bring in another guy. You wonder if that's going to create any more movement on on this current roster um, after uh, after the bowl game. But we'll see. You do see that sometimes, where you might not realize it, but you're you're kind of making a choice there. I mean, certainly. Um, you know, men's basketball, you saw that last year. Michigan brings in a point guard from the transfer portal. They lose the one that they had on their roster. So um, it doesn't always work that way, but it can. Um, all right. So, yeah, signing day, early signing day starting here. Um, what can we look forward to? Why is it starting when it is? Is it? Is it? I, I feel like I've heard you off camera, if you will, talk about maybe that needs to be changes there needs to be changes there um to the calendar but uh yeah kind of lay out the the big picture view of, of signing day as it approaches yeah i mean that's just my personal opinion because if you just push back to january it just makes makes more sense to me and, and it kind of alleviates some of the craziness of this month um especially for for teams in the college football playoff but regardless yeah i mean they're most of the guys in missions class, it sounds like, are going to be signing on Wednesday, which has kind of been the norm um, since this this they instituted this new early signing period in 2016. Um, and yeah, right now they're at 20 commits, and I expect them to add possibly a few more this week. Um, the big name to watch is four-star cornerback uh, Jair Hill um, from uh, Kankakee, Illinois. Um he, I mean, Michigan needs corners, and he would be he would immediately become the, their third highest ranked commit at number one ninety four overall. It's it's been down to basically Michigan and Illinois for months now. Um, he's taken visits to both schools. Uh, it sounds like his mom is trying to get him to stay close to home and stay at Illinois. But I mean, obviously, Michigan has a lot of other factors working in its favor. Um, so that's during, he's probably going to make his decision on Wednesday. That would be a huge gift for Michigan. Um, it's Michigan's looking pretty good for uh, a three-star linebacker, Hayden Moore from Colorado. He just decommitted from Nebraska last night, Sunday night. Um, he's took an unofficial visit to Michigan two weeks ago. Was supposed to visit Texas A&M last weekend and ended up taking an official to Michigan. Um, instead, uh, there was a bunch of recruits on campus this past weekend. So it's like, all right, well, if you make back-to-back trips to, to Michigan, it's you can kind of read the tea leaves there. Um, and another one that would be pretty intriguing to me is, is a, a wide out from Alabama, Carmelo English, four-star guy, top 200 guy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's he released the top five in, in November, but now it's kind of seeming like it's down to Kentucky, Michigan, uh, and Colorado. So uh, we'll, we'll see if, if Michigan could, could add a little bit there. Um, six of their commits have been since mid November. So, I mean, they've, they've been busy. They landed one on Sunday night. We actually saw a, a three-star cornerback DJ Waller from Ohio. We actually saw him on his visit 
in Schembechler Hall on uh, what was that Friday, Aaron? Uh, we, yeah. we had interviews on Friday, and all of a sudden, I, I see a, an Estelade pull up, or um, <laughs> yeah, and the family get out, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder who that is. And then you could see the the name tag on a DJ Waller. So um, yeah, they were rolling out the red carpet for him. Uh, I mean, a tall corner, six foot three. Uh, I mean, he's the uh, teammates of another Michigan commit, a three-star athlete, Jason Hewlett, um, probably more of a project type. I mean, he's ranked outside the top 1,000 uh, nationally, but uh, Michigan likes him, and um, yeah, they added him on on Sunday night. Where where do you think Michigan stands as far as, uh, you know, capitalizing on the momentum of now an undefeated season going into the college football playoff? Because we, we've been talking about past years and then even a couple weeks ago was that not so much relative to maybe some of the other teams up there um is that is that still the case could that change uh on wednesday yeah i mean if you land those three guys i think you you can make a case that their their high school class could may potentially get close to that 15 range um top 15 range but i mean still when you're undefeated and coming off back-to-back big 10 titles and back-to-back um, playoff appearances and without any coaching movement yet, like they've been, have had that stability on the coaching staff right now to not land any top 100 guys seems pretty baffling to me. Um, obviously there's a couple of guys that are, that they're in on for, uh, that won't commit until February, but I mean, it is a little bit surprising, which I think is why you're seeing so much activity in the transfer portal, because they do have, they're going to have holes to fill next year. And you want, I mean, if you can get, the, like you said, if you can get the guy that has experience um, and more of a track record, the hit rate's probably going to be a little bit higher. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Michigan takes a smaller class this year and, and continues to try and build through that portal because, yeah, they're, they're going to need some guys to step up next season. Especially when you put things into context, you're like Michigan year over year almost always has a top 10 recruiting class. They've had several years now. And they're coming off arguably their, their best season ever last year. And they're put, they have another great season they're, they're going right now. So you think they'd be able to improve upon that. They obviously have it. And like Ryan said, no five stars, no top 100 prospects. I look back and the last time Michigan's done that was, was 2018. Um, and they're coming off that 2017 season that was, was not very good. It was a disappointment. So they should have a better high school recruiting class than they have had. Um, they, they, they can help themselves here and they've certainly helped themselves with the transfer portal. But like, like both of you said, I think the transfer portal kind of needs to be almost like a means to an end type situation that they kind of bridge the gap. And then, you know, and, and they've already gotten off to hot starts for 2024 and even 2025. Uh, so I, I think they can build off of that certainly, but, um, you, you wonder again, we've talked about this before at NIL and what the effect is going to be long-term. Um, but right now they're trying to make do with what they have. And, you know, obviously it hasn't been great, but I think they've s- saved some face here in the last last couple of weeks. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, right now they're, they're transfer class ranks number one nationally. And it is interesting to see. I did a story last week kind of comparing um, how, where Michigan and TCU starters ranked as recruits. I was going back to looking at some of TCU's former former recruiting classes. They haven't had a top 20 class at all in the past six years. And then this year, right now, they're they've been able to capitalize on on their success. And, and Sonny Dykes, who's in his first year at TCU, that he's been able to compile the the 16th ranked recruiting class right now, which is really good for for them. It's never it's never been like TCU's been a powerhouse in recruiting. 
Um, so that that's been kind of notable to see, and, and Michigan just hasn't been able to to capitalize in in a similar way. So it is what it is. But I, I think with with these transfer additions, it helps mitigate some of the the blow of of having a down down year in recruit high school recruiting. Yeah, you go down the line. It is it is interesting when you you know look at the top recruits and on these websites, and they have the the school logo, and you and you see the the, the Longhorn head and the the interlocking SC and the script day. And, you know, you can go down the line. Like you're seeing those a lot. And mm-hmm. where is that block M? I mean, even in the top 100, you got, you see the Iowa Hawkeye and uh, the Kansas state uh, logo. It's like there's, there's Penn state. Like there's, there's plenty of other teams represented and, and many, you know, five, six, seven times. Um, but not to see that block M there. Um, it's, it's not the be all end all, but it is, it is a little, a little, a little jarring. I, I would agree. Um, all right, so yes, we'll have we'll have full coverage of of signing day. Sounds like there will be um, there's some formalities, but some you know uh, you know potential surprises as, as well. Right. Um, and you never know. There's there's always a chance. Maybe some guys end up pu- pushing back their signing day until February or decommitting. I mean, you never know with high school recruiting and, and these high school kids, especially in the NIL age. If someone comes in with a last minute offer with quotation marks and it tries, tries to lure someone uh some mission recruits elsewhere i mean it, it's 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 possible so um yeah it's signing day could be could be interesting it always is um and and we'll see what happens on the basketball side the uh the michigan men and women uh will be going to charlotte north carolina for the jump man invitational uh women play tuesday men play wednesday uh, it's, it's a unique event. It's the, it's the first year of this thing. That's going to be a, an annual thing that that's the plan, uh, for the four original schools that sign with Jordan for uh, the Jordan brand for basketball and football. So that's Michigan, North Carolina, which is who, uh, Michigan will play on, on both sides in this thing. And then, uh, Florida and Oklahoma are the, are the other two teams, um, for the women, uh, three of these teams are, are currently ranked, though the, the rankings are going to change here in about an hour. But uh, North Carolina is currently seven, and they 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 won um, these pat this past week, so they'll only only they won't fall. Let's put it that way. And and Michigan won as well. There they were they were at nineteen. So um, that'll be that'll be a good and and tough matchup. You know, kind of on uh, the Tar Heels home home turf there. Um, and then the men, uh, North Carolina was preseason number one. And became they fell out of the poll faster than any team ever on the history of the AP poll to go from one to unranked. It happened just like that. Um, but they they bounced back a little bit. They they won. They beat Ohio State um, in in New York um, over the weekend in overtime. So um, you know they're they're maybe trying to trying to figure it out. I mean they're an interesting team because they went to the national championship last year. Um, but you know, as an eight seed, like they weren't, right. they didn't have a great season. So it's like, hmm, what do you, what do you kind of make of them? Were they overrated? I mean, just, be, you know, teams overvaluing that NCAA tournament run. I think that happens every year with the polls, but uh, it's hard to deny how well they were playing at the end of the year. And the fact that they brought most of their guys back. Um, but yeah, I'll have a story about this. It's a unique thing that the men and women are, are you know, kind of both a part of this and integrated. And, you know, it's a, it's a split double header each night. The women, uh, Michigan women play, you know, to start things off Tuesday night, but then the next game that night is a men's game and, you know, vice versa on, on Wednesday. So, um, they're going to have some details in my story, but you know, they're going to have a whole floor at the hotel that all the teams are staying at with just Jordan brand everywhere. And it sounds like they're going to get a lot of swag and, um, you know, there's going to be a player's lounge. that's not just for each 
team or school, but all, all eight teams that are there will all be there. It's kind of, no, okay, why not? It's one big Jordan brand family. Uh, you know, so that's, uh, that, that's the thought is that they'll, uh, you know, they'll kind of bring it all together and they've got, they've got high hopes for this event. So it'll be interesting. Zook, you got any hockey news for us? I feel like. No, they've been still off. They've been off and off until mid January. So, um, I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, a lot of their guys will be competing in the world junior championships here, um, at the, towards the end of the month. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But as far as the team goes, they're off a little, a nice little break for, for the hockey team. Gotcha. The Michigan men, by the way, are seven and three after, uh, Saturday's win against, uh, Lipscomb. It was, uh, you know, maybe closer than you, you would have thought, but you know, Kobe Bufkin had a huge game, which I think that's what I wrote about. That's the, uh, that, that's big for Michigan to find kind of a, a, a third reliable score. Um, and the women bounce back from their first loss of the season, uh, just dominated Appalachian State at home. Uh, so they're now they're now 10 and 1. So, uh, yeah, we'll have full coverage of those games in Charlotte. I'll be there. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.